Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Meet little Melvin. He's a 90-pound weakling. Everyone hated Melvin. I'm gonna take this mop and shove it down your throat. They teased him. I wanna do it with you. Okay. They taunted him. They tormented him until he had a horrifying accident and fell into a vat of nuclear waste. Transforming little Melvin into a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. Melvin became the Toxic Avenger. The first superhero born out of nuclear waste. Yes, the muggers and the rapists didn't know what law and order was until the Toxic Avenger came to town. Holy shit! I don't know what it was, but it saved my life. All right, everybody, drop your tacos or I'll blow your brains out. The vandals and the perverts had their way with the little people of Tromaville until the Toxic Avenger ripped them apart. The Toxic Avenger. His face is so terrifying. We can't show it to you now. You'll have to see the movie for yourself. The Toxic Avenger can bend steel with his bare hands. Get it? Leap small cars in a single bound. He crushes drug pushers. Smashes hit and run drivers. And gives all criminals their just desserts. The Toxic Avenger. He's a hero. He's a fighter. He's a lover. Well, Melvin, you're beautiful. The good citizens love him. The fat and corrupt hate him. Kill that bastard for me, guy. Kill him. Yeah. Will he survive? For incredible, explosive action, you must see the Toxic Avenger. He's a different kind of hero.
classic Avenger is coming to your town. Look out. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Amy Network, and to find more from us, check out our website at themainamy.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Amy. We're also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, everyone. Hey, so uh, did you guys get past level two? I had a hard time playing level two in this uh the game uh toxic avenger so i've never uh, played guys... it man uh, 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 i hope i'll have, a lot, uh, have enough to talk about <laughs> that was a bit you no. probably should have let us know yeah, <laughs> you should have asked us about it beforehand mark did you did you mix up your podcast <laughs> where did you play the video game and not watch the movie is that what oh, happened shit yeah, wrong <laughs> fucking podcast, asshole. <laughs> right um, uh, so yeah, this week, uh, once again, we are still locked in our houses. So as we've been doing this week, uh, we're going to do the same thing again. Uh, what have you guys been watching, Dan? Uh, I watched the Seinfeld stand-up special on Netflix, and I watched Heartbreak Kid so far. Uh, I know, Ant, you had talked about Seinfeld, right? You had mm-hmm. seen it. Uh, I had seen it. It was it was pretty good. I I think I think you okay. got on a little. T- no, yeah, I, that's right. Yeah, you said it was just okay, right? Yeah. For some reason, I thought you were like it was awesome. I don't know why no. I, I'm putting that like those words in your mouth. Because no. I, I, I just wanted to disagree with you. No, mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. Well, I there think, goes that. Yeah, he's he's a 65 year old man married with like two kids that are high school age going into college so he's talking about that kind of stuff which is not exactly yeah. i mean he was never bit, he was never edgy but he's also he's talking to a very very specific group of people at this point to to me it sounded more like ramblings than jokes yeah so it was just kind of go one subject into the other and it, it was just more of him expressing opinions i guess more so than jokes but it, it wasn't too bad. I mean, he still he had some good lines in there. It's obviously it's Seinfeld, and yeah. he, he even lets on in the beginning. He's like, I could be anywhere in the world, but I'm right here. So yeah, you know. he had his moments. He definitely had his moments. Yeah. Um, uh, that's all you watched? Yeah, I'm probably. I know the new Patton Oswalt uh, special recently came out, so I might watch that as well. Okay, it's interesting that you watched the Heartbreak Kid this week, but I'll get into that when I wa- tell about what I watched. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Mark. Yeah, so um, I won't keep people in suspense too long um, with that uh, lead-in, but uh, you know, finish the last dance. There's a hundred things wrong with that documentary, but it was—it's the best sports one I've seen in a while, long form, um, not the 30 for 30s. You know, those in a hour or two format are probably much better. But um, yeah, it, it's like I was—we were talking to my uh, our friend John and. Um, Basically, by the end of this, it made me realize that there's probably never going to be another basketball player like Michael Jordan, like ever in terms of, you know, just the because there's so pre-internet social media and all that. You know, there's the this myth and aura about you know, like the person Michael Jordan um, and then also how big of a social and not social, um, like commercial um, thing he became for like, you know, 
the Be Like Mike commercials and, you know, basically everybody associates the company Haynes with him. You know, like there's not going to be another basketball player as much as LeBron James tries that's going to be able to reach what he did. And this was the perfect, like, um, little behind the scenes stuff on uh, what happened. So I recommend it for anybody that likes documentaries um, and especially those that like sports documentaries. It's it's one of the better ones. Um, and um, besides that, just the normal YouTube stuff, uh, I've been playing a, a good bit of of uh, PC video games because my uh, computer is finally up to date and shouldn't have any issues going forward. So I've been able to play uh, games that I have not been able to play in years because my computer would just shut off if I tried to play them. So that's mainly what I've been doing for the last week. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I've I've been going on with my uh, Marvel um, rewatches. So I've watched the the original Avengers this week, as well as Avengers: Age of Ultron. Watched Guardians of the Galaxy and watched Ant Man. Also rewatched Zootopia. Uh, usually our kind of go to for uh, family watching when we're figuring out something to do is just put on Disney Plus and put on a random Disney or Pixar movie. Um, also started watching Defending Jacob, which is an Apple Plus TV series starring uh, Chris Evans, which is really good. Um, and I watched the brand new Happy Madison film, The Wrong Missy. And this one is the one that ties into The Heartbreak Kid because it is, I believe it was written and by the team that wrote The Heartbreak Kid. Um, and it's just as bad. <laughs> I, I think with Heartbreak Kid, I was in the right mindset and the right place when I watched it at first, uh-huh. because on second viewing, it it had a few moments, but it, it didn't hit me as hard as I, as it did the first time. Yeah. Uh, I think it's definitely a movie where if you're around the right people, it's funnier. Sure. Because by yeah. myself, I was just thinking, oh, all right, well, that's kind of funny, you know. And I, I really just watched it because of the late Jerry Stiller, so I wanted to... Kind of just, I know he uh, played heavily in it, so I just thought I would take a, a little trip and rewatch one of the comedy greats, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but The Wrong Missy, not only is it written by the team, it cribs heavily from The Heartbreak Kid. It steals like a lot of premise and a lot of like, just it, the, it's basically the same basic premise. Someone goes on a vacation with a woman that is an insane person and, um, yeah, it's terrible. It's a lot of the same beats, it sounds like. A lot of the same beats. It's like it's like all about Steve meets the Heartbreak Kid with a little bit of forgetting Sarah Marshall just thrown in there for good measure. Okay. Um, David Spade is too old for this movie. He's he's like 55 at this point, and he's way too old to be in a movie where he's a single dude and he's hooking up with Lauren Lapkus, who I maybe is in her mid 30s. Um, and he looks every bit, he looks like, you know, the, the boy movies, like the boy two, Brahms, the boy. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like the boy, if the boy aged and then got plastic <laughs> surgery. Yeah. I, I don't know what the, the resurgence is of David Spade. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've, I've seen an episode of the David Spade show, or I guess late night with David Spade or whatever. Right. And it's a, it's, you know, standard late night uh you know talking heads show pretty funny the the guests are funny but it, it, i mean it's it's basically the soup i mm-hmm. suppose and i don't know why hollywood is pushing david spade on us now at yeah. such a late age yeah i don't know i don't dislike spade but he's definitely wrong for this movie this is a movie that should have taken that should have happened like 15 years ago because it feels very much like a mid 2000s sort of movie 
um, like right, like off the heels of like an old school. So it's it's like raunchy, but it's it's really more obnoxious than anything else. She's irredeemable as a person, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I like her like as an like comedian or actress. I like her, so it's disappointing to see like what should be like a star making turn have just like socially inept and just terror awful human being uh, in this now, movie. It's a, <laughs> it's, it, you're saying it's a Happy Madison production, right? Yes. All right, so oh, how many fart jokes are in it? I want to say that there's at least three. There's not many. It's more like... There. Yeah. I can't, I can't recall one specific one. There's a lot of, like, dick jokes, and she's very vulgar. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's it's a two it's a 2005 movie taking place like being made in 2020. It really is, um, and it feels a little misogynistic too. I don't usually label movies misogynistic, but I definitely feel it in this movie. And maybe it's the, just the fact that it feels just so out of place in oh, terms no. of the humor. Yeah, I'm uh, looking at a screenshot right now, and it's Lauren Lapkus giving Spade a, a lap dance. Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean. I, a picture is definitely worth a thousand words there, folks. That's <laughs> that's rough because she's wearing a, a purple and gold sequin dress and Spade just kind of looks really uninterested. Yeah. yeah, this is this is rough. Like I, I haven't I can't really compare it to any of the other Happy Madison Netflix movies. Cause I haven't seen them. I've seen the Ridiculous Six and this is better than the Ridiculous Six. But it's not saying much. Um, well, it, it do, I'm assuming it doesn't have uh, Rob Sh- uh, Rob Schneider in it oh it does it has oh. rob schneider because you can't have a movie without rob schneider oh God. man i mean that man he lucked out Big absolutely time. <laughs> yeah i'm is sure he, he got like a million a, uh, dollars for this. <laughs> is he wearing a certain color hat in this movie mm, no, no yeah okay. is he wearing a, a different color face i think that's really <laughs> a, uh, uh he's question. a little tan okay he could be playing a hispanic to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> anything but a white guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um and that's about it there is one thing that i want to because it probably answers one of your earlier questions about me you thinking that i thought seinfeld was excellent i didn't mention it on past shows but i watched the middle ditch and schwartz uh specials on oh, netflix i think that's and what you were saying those were ex- those were excellent okay. um yeah those are really got good those guys are really funny together um so if you're into improv at all, check that out if you have Netflix. Well worth your time. They're really they're like 50 minute. They're three specials, 50 minutes a piece, and it's just one setup each. It's pretty pretty clever. Interesting. And that's all I've been watching, except for did, this movie. Yeah. This one week. quick question: Did you take the advice of our good friend Tia and use a certain part of Ultron as a pee break? I did not. I did not need to pee because I don't really need to pee when I watch movies. I'm an adult with the, an adult sized bladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the last time in the when I've been in the movies that I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the movie. Uh, yeah. Look yeah. at Ant with his big bladder. <laughs> you know, like that's okay. Bladder shaming the rest of us. Yeah. Gotta hang my hat on something these days. That's, yeah. that's all I got. It's a giant well, bladder. We had to sit through the Quintness family scene, so who's a loss there? <laughs> just that that brings that whole movie just to a screeching halt. <laughs> that whole scene, but. I digress. This week, we are watching a movie that Mark picked. Mark, yeah. do you want to you wanna yep. introduce our movie this week? So um, so I picked the uh, Toxic Avenger, which I believe is 1984. Um, 
Yeah, the uh, main reason I did this was because I felt a little bad in our outside the podcast conversation where you guys were hoping that Death of a Cheerleader was a little more horror-based or a little more thriller. Um, so I tried to look through and find horror movies, and I was having trouble. Um, and then randomly this popped up when I checked um, Netflix, uh, not Netflix, uh, Prime on Sunday. And I decided to choose it because I played the um, video game when I was growing up called Toxic Crusader, um, which is based off there was an animated show, I believe. Yep, oh, um, yeah. Toxic Crusaders. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I remember playing that video game and uh, being as bad as I remembered when I replayed it uh, before after watching the movie. Uh, but yeah, so I was like, hey, I've never seen the actual movie. It's sort of this thing that's been in my atmosphere, you know, sort of, you know, I was like, oh, I kind of know this movie because of this game and this show, you know, but I've never actually seen the source material um, for it. So um, I thought I'd throw it out there. I thought it would be a little more horror than than the campy it is. Um, but that's my fault for not reading who produced it, um, mm -hmm. which would have been my first tip. Uh, but I uh, yeah, that's the main reasons why I never seen it. And it's something that's one of those things that I've heard about um, and just went to kind of check it off a list or something. Gotcha. Uh, Dan, what's your experience with the Toxic Avenger? So I have had quite the experience with this movie. I've seen it several times. I watched the cartoon and I owned a bunch of the action figures. I even brought some of the action figures in for show and tell when I was in first grade or whatever. But the good thing about this movie, and it's, you know, this is definitely a product of the 80s where... You know, for our listeners who may not have been born in that time period, X-rated movies or rated R movies could easily become child-friendly cartoons and uh, toy lines. You know, yep. RoboCop is one that comes to mind. Uh, I had a RoboCop action figure. So did I. I. I had RoboCop. I had the car. And I had, I forget what the other, you know, the, the giant mech was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had that. But... You know, as a kid, I wasn't allowed to see the movie, you know, where the, the cop gets brutally blown to bits. And, you know, it's one of the bloodiest movies you'll ever see. Uh, but they made it into a cartoon. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what this movie is. And I I never saw it as a kid. But, you know, again, I watched the the cartoons and I had the action figures. And, you know, you, you can kind of chalk it up to just a, a, the time period or. Maybe bad parenting, I don't know, but they they gave me the action figures and everything. So you don't get that nowadays, and it's kind of sad for our children now and the children that will be coming in the future because they're not going to get that that raw, uh, like unadulterated movie that's turned into a kid show, and yeah. and everyone's lesser for it, I think. Yeah, It'd be like getting like uh a nickelodeon tv show like based around black black philip from the witch or something witch. like that <laughs> yeah you know yeah anything you quentin tarantino related it's like yeah. oh we're gonna make django into a a saturday morning kids cartoon I'm like, well i don't think we could do that you got but... a magic flying horse or something <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's his companion horse and they they solve crimes in the in the deep south <laughs> uh yeah i, I think i mean I guess that kind of takes a special kind of branding or people who just don't give an F where it's, you know, yeah, we have one of the bloodiest movies ever or we have one of the grossest movies ever in Toxic Avenger. And, well, yeah, we can market this towards little kids. Uh, you know, I would imagine there was probably like a serial that tied in with all of it. Uh, I would have to do a Google search, but, yeah, you know, I'll with, do that while you're talking with this kind of movie. 
as I was watching it and I'm writing down notes about what to pick on, you kind of realize that it's you're kind of like pistol whipping a blind kid with this because this movie wants to be made fun of. Right. We're we're pretty much just giving in to what the movie wants reviewing it. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So there's nothing to be taken seriously about this movie. And I, I do believe that this was Troma's biggest movie. It was their fir- it was definitely their first big one. It's kind of what put them on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't check. Uh, it's it's hard to come across like numbers in terms of money it made um, because it wasn't really released to theaters. But yeah. uh, definitely it was the one that you know they call like Nightmare on uh, like New Line Cinema. They call it the house that Freddie built because that's that they made their money off of Nightmare on Elm Street and they only existed after because of that. And this is kind of the movie that is the answer to that. It's the that house that Toxie built, more or less. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I was aware of the cartoon. I don't believe I ever watched it, although I did watch two episodes of it today because it's also on Prime. After I watched the movie and finished my notes, um, and I didn't have any of the figures. Uh, I don't really know why I didn't. Um, I'm sure that they probably wound up on a Christmas list at some point, and my parents were just like, uh, I don't even know if he knows what this is, so we're just going to not do that. We'll get him funny. with G.I. Joe's. Look, and you're older than me. I think, what, you're two years older than me? Two years and, old, yeah. Yep. So you were, you know, obviously being older, and your parents knew well enough, like, yeah, this probably isn't right for him. Meanwhile, my parents like, yeah, just give him whatever. Who cares? Oh, there's a, a creature with a giant nose that blows snot out of it. That, that'll entertain him for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think I didn't watch this movie until maybe six or seven years ago. Uh, I watched it once and in 20 minute chunks because that's really all I could handle. And I watched it twice this time this week. Uh, and I liked it a little bit more on my last go around. Um, cause as Dan said, it's, it's a movie that's not made to be taken seriously. It's, it's made for the shock value of how, how violent and how gross out they can make it. There's still, there's still things that very much annoy me of this movie, but, uh, we'll get into that. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a trauma movie. It really is. It's, it really set the, set the example that they kind of just lasted through that. Um, yeah. And I also felt that there's like a line that they were just trying to push with everything. Like they want to be so edgy with yeah. it as well. Um, just down to how despicable all the bad, uh, the evil people were um, in, in this movie. And it was like, so it was, if there is a level above cartoonishly evil, um, all these villains <laughs> exceed that level. Um, yeah. yeah. They make you immediately. It was one of those things where I knew it wasn't supposed to take it seriously but I felt myself getting a little angry about Bozo and Slug in this <laughs> movie. <laughs> going, they're taking this like way too far, whatever bit they're doing with these two guys here. Um, and it doesn't really pay off either. We'll get to that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it just it just felt like um, I thought it would be a little more... Uh, serious is probably the right word. Um, you know, I was hoping that it would be sort of like how you mentioned, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street how they just got sillier and sillier as it went. Um, I was expecting that to be what this did was like, the first one was like serious, you know, we're building this character and then everything after that, from the cartoon to the game to the sequel was like the silly, let's campy, you know, not take it seriously, but to see that they did it right from the beginning, Mm -hmm. almost the first couple scenes of this movie um, was 
a little surprising to me and um, kind of kind of set the tone for the whole thing where I probably would like it more maybe on multiple viewings. But yeah, I, I had this same reaction where if I wasn't watching it for this, I would have probably broken it up into chunks. Okay. Uh, the Toxic Avenger from 1984, directed by Michael Hurt and the incomparable iconic Lloyd Kaufman, directing basically everything that Troma has ever put out. Uh, starring Mitch Cohen, Mark Torgel, Andre Miranda, Pat Ryan Jr., Sarah Bell Levinson, Dan Snow, Gary Schneider, and Robert Pritchard. Holds an IMDb score of 6.3 and a Rotten Tomato score of 70%. Budget around $500,000 and made about $800,000, according to uh, Wikipedia. It's the only place that has that yeah. information. And yeah. it runs a cool 79 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, um, w- am I the only one that didn't, that thought that uh, Robert, Robert Pritchard, right? Um, could have been like Ashton Kutcher's older brother or something like that. Uh, like uh, I thought Slug. That... Slug? I yeah. thought he was a uh, a stretched out version of Corey Feldman. That's who That's I was. That's probably the better comparison. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he's I got that headband that I that I'm thinking the Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Yeah, yep. Lost Boys. But that yeah, just would have been before the Lost Boys. So did they? Did Corey yeah. Feldman rip off Slug? He might have. Yeah, this was three <laughs> years prior. Um, Feldman, I he was probably in uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movie that he was in. I think the the fourth one. Yeah, this was this was post Goonies. So yeah. And was it? What was it? What year was Goonies? I thought that was like 83. I don't really have any concept of time for Goonies, to be honest with you. 1985. Hey, 85. Oh, oh wow. Those, I thought it was those guys that. were those guys were my favorite part of the movie, by the way. Uh, Bozo and Slug. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just so over the top that you you can't to me you can't help but just laugh at it. <laughs> and I mean when when the when they're in the gym and they're just going crazy and making all the faces, and I know that's one thing that you hated, and yeah, but I just I, I was raffling watching that. <laughs> like, what is this guy doing? He he was he would have rang the lunk alarm at Planet Fitness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> looked like uh, he kind of looked like Bill Paxton in the Terminator. Okay. Yeah. Well, a little the, bit. The punk. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the thing I didn't like about them was just the theme of the whole car crashing thing uh, seemed a little bit too edgy. Like they were trying to make people be shocked by it, you mm. know. I just hated um, especially the girlfriends. Faces. So I hated everybody's faces in this movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> Melvin's face, the faces Bozo and Slug make. Just oh, man, every I think Topsy's face. face might have been the best face. Oh yeah. Because he just, can't emote. He yeah, can't emote. That was perfect for me. It was like, oh, thank God. Uh, Melvin, Melvin, I was just like, I totally get it why Bozo and Slug hate this guy. This yeah, fucking it, face of his. Melvin, Mark <laughs> Torgel gives Clint Howard a run for his money. <laughs> He's Clint Howard without all the charisma. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, and this guy, man, oh, I mean, I would have picked on him. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even the overweight person in the gym that was probably made fun of was making fun of Melvin. Yeah. He was movie. definitely the enemy of my enemy kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Where everyone could just unite under one banner to just shit all over Melvin. Yeah. At least they chose an awesome name, right? Melvin. That's a great name to name your nerd main character. Sure. It's no, it's no Norman. I think Melvin's worse. You never <laughs> see any Melvins anymore. Nope. 
right? Have any of us met a Melvin? No, I don't think I have. I've no. met a Eugene. That's like really? sort of in the same. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely in the same branch, I'd say. Yeah. All right, we have to name our kid Melvin now. That's, that's it. That's, so, that's we'll what we're needs, doing. so we'll meet one Melvin. <laughs> we have to make a pact, guys. Whoever has a child first, legitimately or illegitimately, has to name the kid Melvin. Okay. Deal. So we should inform John. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, out of the three of us. Oh, okay. The three amigos here. <laughs> All right, you guys want to get into the plot? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, sure, why not? I have All no right. objection. Dan, you got something for us besides <laughs> the objections? <laughs> of course. Uh, as I've been doing, I want to plug our good friend Tia from Geek Vibes Nation, a good friend of the podcast. She has her own podcast that you should check out. It's called The Top Ten with Tia, and it's a weekly podcast where Tia and her crew tackle a number of entertaining topics, like the top ten movies of the year or the top ten worst on-screen couples. It has it all, so don't miss out. All right. And we will be right back, but before we go, we are going to take a minute to listen to some friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back and now it is time to get into the plot of the toxic avenger from 1984 we open on the standard trauma new york city skyline animation and then a warning about the extreme violence of the toxic avenger then we get a uh, skyline shot of the real new york and a narrator comes on talks about new york technological progress and the side effect waste we get a scene that uh, starts off in Tromaville, which is a suburb of New York City in this world. Population 15,000 and a toxic waste capital of the world. We then zoom in onto Tromaville Health Club. We meet Melvin the janitor, um, who has the dumbest face in the entire world, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. It's the most punchable face, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, so I'd... fucking punchable. Uh, that, that was the exact point to have that freeze frame. It's just so you would have that reaction. Yeah. And, and uh, this movie is chock full of punchable faces. Absolutely. Just Every single person's got a face you could punch. From wall to wall. Um, and then we see the tightest packed gym in the history of gyms, which in today's climate feels very weird. Just people yeah. just on top of each other working out. Um, is this what the 80s were like in a gym? Is this how gyms are now, Dan? Uh, yes and no. But it is much less smoking, right? <laughs> much less smoking. People aren't wearing speedos in it, as far as I can tell. But yeah. they, you know, people do grab their crotches every now and then, and you know, act a fool. <laughs> but not, it's not as uh, weird. I'll say that. 
<laughs> okay, then we get a whole montage of these people working out as Body Talk, a song that we will get very familiar with throughout the movie, yeah. uh, plays. Uh, we get some shots of boobs and butts and dudes and speedos. Um, and then we f- we come across our two villains, Slug and Bozo, who just hate the Mop Boy. Um, Mop Boy, they're hanging out in a hot tub with their uh, two hoes. And the mop boy comes over to their hot tub and he gets distracted and he accidentally drops the mop into the water, which Bozo gets stressed out and really fucks up his karma. So he runs off really upset. So he does some bench presses and makes the worst faces while he does so. (laughs) He looks like he's constipated while (laughs) while trying to do bench press. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Slug walks around looking like a stretched out Corey Feldman, smoking in the middle of a health club and making out with his girlfriend. And then all of a sudden, uh, he goes for, they go from making out to just straight up fucking in the locker room. My, my favorite part of this is uh, the girlfriend is, you know, asking him, oh, do you think this is a good idea? What if someone comes in and stretched out Corey Feldman tells her, I paid, I paid the owner like 10 bucks. We, we have it until tomorrow afternoon. I think it's like middle of the day already. Yeah. So they have it for the whole night into the next day. Yeah, they, that, that that owner is really easy to pay off. Apparently. I was going to say, $10 gets you all that? But what did $10 get him? Because Melvin walks in immediately. <laughs> you would think that would come with some security details. Like, hey, no, can't go in there. Or like a caution tape on the locker room. It's like, oh, uh, there's a little bu- busted pipe. You got to you gotta stay out of there. <laughs> I guess $10 doesn't get you a locked door. <laughs> sure. Maybe, tw- right. maybe you should have sprang for 20 bucks. Right, the uh, the safety deposit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they start fucking. Uh, Mark, were you going to say something? No, no, no. Uh, they start fucking, and then Melvin walks in and makes the worst faces, and then they threaten his life, and he runs away. Again, the worst faces. But I, I, at the same time, that probably made it much better for Slug and his girlfriend, right? Because now she has the knife out, mm-hmm. and I, they probably get into some weird stuff there. Oh, absolutely. So that $10 might have gotten him pretty far. Might have gotten her pregnant. <laughs> that's that's the uh, the director's cut, I think. We find out about that. And and you could already tell this wasn't your typical movie at this point, is that at no point did they try and stop or cover up when they saw him staring at her. Mm-mm. It was just like, get out of here, in the same or position I'll, they were in. Or I'll fucking cut you, you basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, then at night, uh, so they're outside at night, so they weren't using the... Uh, locker room for the full time they've bought for. Uh, Bozo's gang is driving around while they talk about how many points you get for hitting people. So this is a game they play is where they hit people and they get points. And they find some oh. dumbass kid on a bike that is <laughs> riding his bike out in the middle of the night for some reason. Yeah, that 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 <laughs> actress that played his sister or whatever was definitely like somebody's like real sister or girlfriend or something that worked on the movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that... too sad that he got hit by a bike because he. He had it coming, I think. <laughs> the kid? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, shouldn't I mean, have he's... been riding his bike like that. No, it's like 11 o'clock at night, and he's just this dumbass kid. Where's he going? Are you really? Yeah, going. You're, you're begging for trouble there, kid. Yeah. You're in the waste capital of the world, riding around on your bike like a nerd at 11 o'clock at night. Something's going to happen. Here's a question. Where would you rather live? Would you rather live in Tromaville or Gotham City? Oh... Everyone kind of everyone seems easy in Tromaville, like all the women. So probably okay. Tromaville. Okay. Gotham, I could just I feel like I just walk down the street and a guy in a weird costume would come and you know like 
do something weird to me. They, <laughs> they, Gotham has a guy named Crazy Quilt. I don't, you know, I don't want to live in a town like that. Gonna knit you a sweater. Yeah, but it, like, yeah, it, it's like angsty. You know, the sweater is made with angst. I don't need that. <laughs> on, I don't need that. Gotcha. Yeah, it, okay. It was like uh, it was like that one tweet where you know if you uh, if you taught theater without teaching humanities, is that's how you get Batman villains? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so Bozer runs over the kid. Um, but he initially survives and tries to crawl away, so he backs it up and runs over his head, which is a pretty gruesome effect made by injecting food dye into a watermelon. Um, head splatters all over the concrete, so the girls get out and snap some Polaroids of the body, and I think they get horny about it. Um, they're, they're not upset by it. No, it's, <laughs> they, they love it. Uh, back at the health club the next day, the aerobics class is going on where a teacher is trying to give instructions to his class, and slug, the slug puts a, a snake down his shirt, for no reason so then he starts making weird movements and the class just copies him classic hijinks um bozo is getting then bozo and his gang is playing racquetball and dumb-faced melvin is staring at them through the glass so this gives the girls an idea on how to get back at melvin for having a dumb face i suppose he really hasn't done anything besides that so while he's mo- mopping the pool area julie bozo's girlfriend tells melvin to meet her in the girls locker room after his shift Meanwhile, truck drivers carrying toxic waste pull over front of the club so they could snort some dope. And then Melvin's <laughs> they, they shift snort all the dope. Yep. <laughs> uh, after his shift, Melvin goes to the girls' locker room and finds Julie there in a bikini. She says that she's tired of the way Bozo treats everyone and wants to get back at him by fucking Melvin. So she tells him she wants him to dress up in a tutu and come out to the pool. And then she shows him a little boob action and then, you know, trounces off. So he goes to change come out of the pool and all the lights are off she tells him to kiss her and he kisses what he thinks is her but they turn on the lights and he's been kissing a sheep the whole time and the whole health club is there making fun of him and there's some really strange people making fun of him like i don't think these people look in the mirror very often no it's literally anyone that they could get off the street to be in this scene you want to go make fun of a nerd yeah (laughs) we'll pay you 30 bucks sold i'd do it for free yep uh, Melvin gets so upset that he runs away and ultimately jumps out the window and into an <laughs> open container of toxic waste on a flatbed truck. Um, yeah, I, I, lo- I love those guys in the flatbed truck. It was like, let's pull over. No, they told me not to pull over. But I got this nondescript bag of white powder. Oh, shit, we're going to pull over right now. Also, why are they traveling on a flatbed truck with toxic waste <laughs> with no covers on it? <laughs> one, one, they hit a bump, one of them goes over. They turn. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's the 80s, man. <laughs> it's the Reagan 80s. There was no restrictions. There's a lot of Democrats. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I guess toxic waste has produced some good heroes, I guess. Maybe that's their reason. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so he jumps it and he falls into the toxic waste. Then the crowd goes out of the health club and watches him ride around on the ground as they watch. Bozo says he's faking it. Uh, the cops come to try and help him, and one of them touches Melvin, and his, and his hands immediately burst into flames. <laughs> no one checks on the officer. No. Uh, I was reading trivia, and then on my second watch, I made sure to look for it. Apparently, that the fire effect uh, dripped onto the guy that played Melvin, so he actually catches fire during that scene. It was like an overhead shot where you see the hands on fire and there's like a, a flame that falls off the hands onto Melvin, who's on the ground. And you can see him like start swatting it away. And then Kaufman just said, go with it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because uh, 
is a little bit tan tangent wise, but I was watching uh, when I was watching Cursed Films, they were talking. He he had made an appearance, I think, either on the um, the Crow or on uh, the Twilight Zone the movie, and just talking about safety and the precautions that they put they do on set for trauma. I guess at this point, um, now that they have a little bit more money, so it was interesting to see you know these kinds of almost fails. <laughs> I think there was one thing that happened during the um, the car chase too, but a little tangential. Uh, so then. Melvin gets up and runs down the street, and then he bursts into flames out of nowhere, and then goes home and locks himself in the bathtub, leaving green footprints everywhere he goes. He jumps in the tub, and his hair starts falling out, and he starts to mutate as his skin still smokes. His mom, listening in to the bathroom, thinks he's jerking off. Yeah. And she super wouldn't be happy. Kind of weird. <laughs> and then Melvin decides to just run off into the streets, I guess. Um, so we get a night scene where Skid Row punks are hanging out on the street. Cigar Face and a couple of punks talking about the score they hit and their plans to bribe a beat cop, which is a weird thing. <laughs> it's like, we're going to try We're going to uh, bribe this low-level cop to uh, look the other way. Yeah, he uh, has no pull whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, what if the other cops show up? But he's like the only clean cop on the force is basically what they say. He's so. the Jim Gordon of Tromaville. Yeah. O'Cleary is his name, and he shows up, and they try to bribe him, but he won't take it, so they jump him instead. Now, so, question. The, the cop, does he go in and out of an Irish accent throughout the movie, or mm -hmm. does he constantly have the Irish accent? Um, He kind of goes in and out. He does, right? Yeah. Okay, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing it, because in the first time you see him, he has the regular, just, you know, regular accent. And then when he's being interviewed, he has the Irish accent. <laughs> Yeah. Like, did he? I think it's like at that point he found out his character's last name was Irish. Yeah. yeah I should play it up as an Irish cop. It's to the point where it surprised me when he the first time he has it. It's like it's like oh I guess he's supposed to be Irish. <laughs> right. He just kind of I guess he goes at his own pace. Yeah. Um. So Cigar Face puts a cigarette out on his forehead and they all go they all get some good punches in and then they try to shoot his dick off but then Melvin shows up and starts beating them up. He picks up Cigar Face, tosses him away, and then breaks off one guy's nose. And then he pulls the trans woman's two eyes out, then brutalizes them some more. So I'm not sure if they were like if it was really supposed to be a trans woman or just some guy in a dress for no reason. Um, yeah, but, I couldn't tell. I mean, this yeah. movie's not exactly woke, so not at all. <laughs> uh, this movie is by far the least woke movie we've watched, I think. Yeah, I mean, Fritz the Cat comes close, but yeah. Uh, I, I mean, at least one... they were trying to give a message across in Fritz the yeah. Cat. Yeah, there was some, there was some message in that unwokeness of Fritz the Cat. Yeah, this one is just balls to the wall uh, misogyny and uh, uh, racism? racism, racism, homophobia, yeah. transphobia. It's yeah. all there. Yeah, yeah. Again, Reagan's eighties, baby. Yep. Arnold <laughs> rules Thunderdome in nineteen eighty four. It's weird. We went from watching the most depressing movie and reviewing it to the most despicable movie. <laughs> Probably. Right. Yeah. And this is a low for they called this a movie, I think. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, wait till next week. <laughs> it's, it's the perfect back You're next back. week, right? Yep. Okay. Now I got to prepare myself. Uh, so then Melvin picks up Cigar Face by the balls and throws him in a trash can. 
And then I just this is where I noticed that Melvin still has the tutu. I didn't realize that um, until this moment. Um, the cop is taken yeah, he, to the hospital. Go ahead. He wears it throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, I didn't realize until until my second viewing today. And the cop is taken to the hospital and he tells his story about the guy that saved him. And the mayor and the other cops discuss what happened. And they're all dirty cops, so it's a bad thing. Because Cigar Face was one of their biggest earners, they say. Yeah, and, and if you didn't get it, the uh, chief of police was German. Yep. Yeah. And he, he liked to do certain salutes and things like that. There's mm. quite a few Germans it, in this movie. And I don't know if there's a German population in New Jersey. Yeah, I don't know. At least in Tromaville there is. Um, yeah, <laughs> the great German immigration yeah. of 1980. And apparently they're all... <laughs> And apparently they're all uh, sons or daughters of people that have escaped Nuremberg. Apparently, <laughs> it's my one of my other favorite characters in this movie is the mayor, <laughs> because he is constantly sweating. <laughs> well, he's a very large man. Oh yeah, he must have gone through several shirts in one take, because <laughs> he is just there's the the old Kevin James uh, bit when he talks about. How he sweats peeling an orange. I mean, this guy sweats just by being. I think. Yeah, just by I think taking that's, up the area. That's the that's the reason why they have him on the massage table in one of his scenes, just so he doesn't have to wear a shirt because they, you know, they ran out of clothes for him. Right. Yeah. Like, the our wardrobe the, budget. <laughs> five. It was a five hundred thousand dollar budget. Three hundred thousand dollars went to his uh, his clothing. It, it, I think that's the reason why he's constantly sitting. I think there's only one scene where he's seen moving, yeah. <laughs> and it's at the very end. Yeah, probably. They probably shot that first. Like, all right, we, we, <laughs> what, what's his name? All uh, right, get him, get him back Ryan. down. Lay him right. down. Right, Pat can only be on his feet for five minutes at a time. <laughs> Doctor's orders. So let's we'll shoot this the ending first. Yeah, being vertical is hazardous to his health. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You know, honestly, <laughs> like, we joke about it, but it probably was. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely one of the guys who uh, would you would see at like Disney World in the scooters. Oh yeah. Yeah, he, and he would just ram right into you because he was a dick. Oh yeah, absolutely. I like how unabashedly evil he is, though. It's great. Yeah, right. He's like just like cartoonishly, like Mark was saying, cartoonishly evil. Because <laughs> there's the one scene we'll get to it later that he, they're talking about. Yeah, he's really cleaning up the streets. All the criminals are behind bars, and he's like, almost all the criminals. We're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the the way they laugh is, you know, it's the classic villain laugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's he and his cronies. I mean, they have women dancing behind them. It's oh, dude. I mean. <laughs> To no music. That's there's <laughs> dancing around the, to no music. The, the the ultimate villain task. Right. These yeah. girls. Dance for me, ladies. Dance. There's no music. Yeah, I, I think dance. <laughs> they lo- Throw cocks a back the gun. Can Can you imagine being an actress? Because there's a, a couple scenes of him where he's on the massage uh, table. Can With you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine being cast? And the director tells you, you're going to rub that man down. Oh. And you just kind of have to, like, you know, this is, I'm trying to make it. <laughs> right. Could, could you tell your friends with a straight face that that's me? <laughs> uh, I, you know, just never tell, just never name the movie that you were in. Uh, I don't even know what it's called. I don't even think right. it's ever going to get released. <laughs> I don't, I couldn't do it. Well, my movie poster, hey, Toxic Avengers, isn't that the movie? Nope, no, it wasn't. Nope. 
What's that? Nope. No, it's uh, no, no. Thinking, I... of, thinking of something else. <laughs> right. Who are you? Leave me alone. This <laughs> is so back at the health center. Slug and his girlfriend are flirting around in the sauna, and he makes a weird elephant man uh, reference. And then that scene happens. That's it. Yeah. Melvin yeah. tries to Melvin tries to go home, but he scares his mom it's... away. So he sad Hulk ventures around Tromaville until he comes upon a junkyard, which he starts to organize a cleanup and turn into a place where he could stay. And then the mayor and some board members have a meeting. Um, this is the one where they have their sex party with the women ja- dancing. I don't really understand what deal they've broker here. And I, try, I rewound it like three or four times to get exactly what they're trying to do. But more or less that they, they mentioned that an old power plant is being replaced by a dump. And then they also say that the new plant is going to be 20 feet away from the town reservoir. And then they laugh. And <laughs> there's a newspaper that's just strategically placed on it on the couch that just I, I, reads. I think essentially... What they were saying is that they want to move the dump and all away from where it is because it was prime waterfront real estate. Yeah. And they said, well, the other dump location puts it close to the reservoir. And they were like, basically, basically like, so? <laughs> yeah. That's what I didn't understand about, like, what's the new dump? <laughs> like, they've already decided where it's going to go. They, like, really skipped that part for me, that yeah. logic. And it's, it's weird. Like, they're having the sex party, but it's, you know, there's women there. But there's no drugs. It's it's like sandwiches. Right. <laughs> well, that's the one. That's the mayor's one request. But it's that's a you weird don't get thing to that bring. you don't get that big by snorting coke all day. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you, you can't have an orgy on an empty stomach, I guess. Yeah. Oof. Imagine imagine <laughs> fucking with a stomach full of just hoagie, just five pounds of <laughs> hoagie meats. in your stomach. I guess if he's on if he, if he's on the bottom, maybe it's not as bad. Right, but very minimal. Uh, you could probably just a lot of sloshing around. Oh yeah, uh, just like just like hold hold the sandwich here while you're riding me, so I could just eat while you do that. It's like George Costanza's wet dream, essentially. <laughs> um, the newspaper headline on just strategically placed on the cap says the po- top poles taped at sex parties, which I guess is where they're at. And girls are dancing with no music. Um, and then we cut to a restaurant scene, which is the most happening restaurant since the McDonald's and Mac and Me. Yep. Uh, yeah, people yeah. dance the Mexican place. Yeah, yeah. apparently that was the real name of the place. Uh, uh-huh. People dancing outside and making out. The cook drinking liquor from his crotch. Then a group of thugs come in to rob the place. Leroy, Rico, and Frank, who get introduced like a band. Yep. Which Leroy. isn't that terrible. I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah, they had some charisma. Yeah. Uh, Leroy starts harassing a woman with a baby and then some teen girls kissing one on the cheek. Uh, Leroy, the actor that played Leroy, got so upset that he had to point a gun at a baby that he quit immediately after filming this scene. Um, and then Pete Buttigieg steps up and tries to talk some sense into them and gets <laughs> blown away by Leroy. That's oh, that's really good. good. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I think he gets pretty much what Pete, <laughs> Pete would probably get. <laughs> <laughs> that situation absolutely yeah. and then frank comes upon a blind woman and has leroy shoot the guide dog and then tries to rape the blind girl again uh, you guys in your uh animal abuse you, yeah, this, you have they didn't record. actually kill a dog in this one though because oh. later on you could see they cut to a shot of the dog with bullet holes in him and he's still breathing very heavily <laughs> he's his guts are hanging out yeah but the he's dog itself is dead just, well, in the move, in the context of the movie, yes, but they didn't actually kill a dog, which I wouldn't put past trauma. Yeah, exactly. But you can see the dog clearly just going <laughs> as yeah. he's laying there with his guts hanging out. It, it's uh, it essentially it has like the fake puke on it. Yeah. Like the rubber puke. But I mean, I'm watching it 
and I, I got a dirty look from Jen when we were watching it. Like, really? This had to happen? Well, I'm not happy about it either. I take it up with Ant and Mark. They're the did ones you, that forced me to watch these movies. Did you tell her it was the Reagan 80s? No. <laughs> I did not. Dogs were getting shot all the time, babe, all right? I'm sorry. Apparently that was the, the biggest complaint that people had against trauma was that scene. It is kind of, like the, the whole sequence is kind of funny, though, because they train the dog to to slide. And that's actually the dog sliding on his own. <laughs> it is just, no, it's, it's not. Yeah, it is. According to the trivia, that's what they said. The, that's go, awesome. the dog was was trained to slide backwards. Oh, that's so much better than Air, Air Bud. Yeah. That's um, so great. Because it, and it's just it's super goofy. Like I know I hate seeing dogs die, but I kind of chuckled a little bit just because it's such a goofy like sequence of shots that happened in that moment. Um, but yeah, they kill a dog in this movie, which nobody likes to see. Um, and then Melvin shows up and he immediately re- rips Frank's arm off and beats him with it. Uh, the actor playing Frank was actually an amputee, so uh, the the arm was a fake the whole time. Oh, uh, whoa, really? Yep. God damn. Yeah, <laughs> wearing, I didn't know he was that. wearing a prosthetic throughout all of it. Yeah. Uh, Melvin the trauma. Yeah. Melvin slaps Leroy around with it, and then he gets to do a fight with Rico who knows a little bit of kung fu moves. Rico eventually breaks out some nunchucks and then a samurai sword that just happens to be hanging on the wall of a Mexican <laughs> restaurant. It's so dangerous. <laughs> it's it's uh, like, the, I kept thinking of the scene from uh, Shaun of the Dead yeah. where the the Winchester, Shotgun. like, well, the gun, yeah, the, the gun doesn't really work. It's there for show. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he tosses Rico in the back and then the Leroy pops back up and Melvin turns him into a milkshake, shoving the ingredients down his throat and then the mixer in his face. Then Melvin clamps Rico's hands into a fry basket and sticks his hands in the hot oil. And he goes to console the blind woman, who somehow becomes more and more untressed throughout the scene, even though she stopped getting dr- raped with uh, fully clothed. And he helps her home. A uh, blind woman brings Melvin home, and some slapstick blind humor takes place. She falls down. Uh, she drops things. She hits him in the dick with her, her cane. And then the cops get to the taco restaurant and they all have some tacos as they check out the murder scene and get witness statements from the cook. Uh, you know what I also enjoy about this? Face. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So at this point, we still haven't seen uh, the Toxic Avengers face. Mm-hmm. So they're treating this like a Jaws moment where mm-hmm. they're they're really doing their best to you know keep you in suspense. Really, like, oh, you can only see his body and you don't see. You don't see the hideous face and everything. And it's just like, well, what are you, what are we really hiding from? I mean, the kid who played Melvin was gross enough. So <laughs> could, could it really be any worse than that? Just show us what he looks like. You're not, this isn't one of those historic moments, guy. All right. Yeah. Um, Sarah wants to touch Melvin's face, but he freaks out. So she reads his palms instead. And then she accidentally grabs his crotch. Um, there's a press conference with the cops to discuss the monster. So they bring in a German scientist. And he says the monster is only destroying evil. That's basically what happens in that press conference scene. And just says yeah. Yeah, because he's German, guys. Uh, back at the health club, some dude is dealing some steroids, and the mayor is getting a rub down with a giant sandwich. All these scenes are the same setups and scenes used in body talk montage from the beginning. The steroid dealer goes to do some workouts, then Melvin comes in and slams his head with the in the weights, crushing it. And then Wanda goes to the sauna and starts rubbing one out to the pictures of the dead kid's body because it turns her on. Melvin shows up and picks her up and drops her on the hot coals. This is the first time we see her his face because he puts on the elephant man uh, covering and then she takes him off thinking it's slug. But then the whole Melvin time, shows up. The whole time I was watching that scene, 
I kept thinking, if you'll have to speak up, I'm wearing a towel. <laughs> she's like, like, oh, slug, you really going to do that again? And she, no, she's talking to him. And he's uh, toxic Avengers and saying anything. Like, oh, you have to speak up. He's wearing a towel. <laughs> uh, so she gets hers, I guess. I guess that kills her. Um, then after, Melvin goes into the alley and takes piss. And he pisses green. Then a pimp dressed like Harvey Keitel and taxi driver pops out of a limo. <laughs> Offers Melvin a 12-year-old prostitute, so Melvin picks him up by the neck, and then a whole group of punks get out of the limo to beat up Melvin, and he kicks all their asses and steals their limo. It's like it's like a clown car punks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they just keep coming. Then a montage of Melvin doing good things, like he saves a couple of kids from getting run over by Bozo, helps an old lady across the street, helps a woman open a jar of, I think it was popcorn kernels, and then because he's radioactive as he's opening it, it all turns to popcorn. Pop popcorn. Uh, he saves a baby from doing from something. We just see him handing the woman her baby back, and then people start wearing shirts with the monster's face on it, saying "I love the monster" or whatever it says. Uh, then we get a rundown from the crooked cops and uh, political figures. The prisons are overrun with criminals. They almost got all the criminals, but according to a very self-aware mayor, not them, because they're still criminals. You should have uh, just winked at the camera there. <laughs> not everyone winked. I, I just like that he he is. Not afraid to say, yep, we're pretty, we're, we're criminally active. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. Yep. Then Melvin gets jumped by a cigar face and a bunch of other goons who all point guns at him in a circle. So he jumps really high as they shoot and they all manage to shoot each other instead. I wish uh, they would have played the $6 million man. Such a wasted moment. <laughs> Uh, the meanwhile, Sarah, get, Sarah gets hassled on the street by a bunch of bikers. Then Melvin comes to her rescue, and they run away. Then we get a love montage with Melvin and Sarah all set to a fake journey song. They have picnic, they have sex, they have breakfast. He brings her back to his shack, and they dress it up so a woman could live there, I guess. Back <laughs> at the health club, Melvin surprises Julie in the locker room, and apparently Miss Mar- Marissa Tomei, too, is in this scene. But I never would have guessed it. That was what she looked like. Because uh, she looks very different. But she's in a towel. She comes in and screams and runs away. So apparently Marissa Tomei. Uh, that was really Marissa Tomei? Uh, not Julie. This is another girl. Oh, okay. Wait, so yeah. wait. She's in this movie? Uh, supposedly. Um, oh, I could send uncredited? You a yep. Yeah, let me send you a picture of who they say is Marissa Tomei and Toxic Avenger. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. It doesn't look like her, though. So I'm a studded event. But... In this, I mean, it's listed in, in IMDb. I yeah, in yeah. I mean, scene, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I'm, I, it's it seems to be confirmed, but I'm having a hard time believing that this person is actually Marissa Tomei because it, it looks nothing like her. Hmm. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Now, sure. now in this scene, I'm gonna send it to the, the chat. Okay. On Skype. In, in this scene, he surprises her, right? Yeah. And for some reason, her him surprising her surprises him, right? Because she gets away somehow, because and he's just like, oh, wait a minute, I wasn't expecting that. Well, wait, you were waiting for her. Yeah. Were you not expecting her to be totally uh, terrified of your your gross face? I guess not. You guys see that picture? Yeah. I see nothing. I don't see uh, anything. Skype. Yeah. Skype Messenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd have to see her not screaming. I guess. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I yeah. don't see it. Neither like I. as in, I don't see it being her. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Doesn't look like it to me, but, but IMDb, we digress. Never, IMDb has never led us astray. It's true. 
Um, but supposedly that's her. I wonder if Lloyd Kaufman put that in there. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll say Marissa Tomei was in it. Give us a little <laughs> bit of credibility. All right. Um, uh, Julie runs after she sprays Melvin in the eyes with hairspray and then winds up in a vast boiler, boiler room. She winds up in some sort of utility closet. And then Melvin busts through the door and stabs her with some scissors. It's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, and um, then she dies off screen, I think. Mm, yep. And then Bozador and Slug are waiting for Julie, so, who has the car. And Bozador's getting really stressed for waiting for him, fucking up his karma again. Uh, so they decide to beat up an old lady with a crowbar and steal her car. And then Melvin <laughs> shows part, up. That part made me laugh out loud, too. That's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I don't condone violence, but just the total slapstick way they beat this woman up is very, very funny. <laughs> well, how would you like uh, to drive an imported uh, you know, Japanese car? Like, yeah, and they just go to town on this woman. <laughs> you really beat the shit out of her. Me too. Um, oh, Melvin do shows that, up. Yeah. Melvin shows up and they try to run him over, but he manages to jump over the hood and cling to onto the roof. So a car chasing occurs. They try to swerve Melvin off the roof. He pulls Slug out of the car and then gets in and starts manhandling Bozo as he drives, causing a lot of property damage and several car accidents and almost killing perf- perfectly innocent people. I was going to say, um, he does a lot of... He does more bad than good in this scene. Yeah. He leads them into a group of children. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, Melvin pulls a steering wheel off, and he and Bozo go careening off a cliff, and the car explodes. Melvin gets out of the charred car unharmed, but Bozo is dead. And then we cut to scene in a laundromat, and a tiny woman, Mrs. Haskell, brings in her son's jeans to get clean because of cum stains all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they know what it looks like in reality, because yeah. that just kind of looked uh, like they may, he maybe got some butter on there, or... I don't, know. I don't know. Some powdered sugar. Right, he had some powdered sugar on there. They didn't. Ha- Are you telling me they didn't have the budget for semen? Come on. I know. Come mm, on. It's as far as I know, it's free. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you just make it yourself. As yeah, that's what I've been told. I I don't know. I don't pay attention to such things. So the owner, while he's trying to ring her up, gets a ticket on his car, so he goes out to stop the meter maid. But meanwhile, Melvin walks in and picks a fight with a woman, first chasing her around and then picking her up and putting her in the washing machine and irons her to death, which you would think that this does not hold up his M.O., but it does later on. Yeah, I was a little confused. I'm like, well, do we, this is the first time we see this woman or have ever or have ever heard of her. And Toxie goes, you know, buck wild on her. Yeah. So like, Wait, I guess he's supposed to be able to sense that people are evil. Like he knows the evil so. that they do. What a dumb superpower. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can sense but he never... So, in full disclosure, that is a superpower that he has in the cartoon. They never explicitly say that that's what he's he does in this movie, though. Yeah, I mean, that, if he's an X-Man, they probably leave him behind on missions. <laughs> yeah, like he but has like a... good and evil. We already know. We're fighting Magneto. He's bad. Forget right. it. Uh, it's like a spider sense in the in the cartoon where like he he starts to glow or something like that. Um, but I not think that's in... just the radiation. No. <laughs> um, Melvin returns home to Sarah, who's reading a Braille magazine, and Melvin says that he's out of control and he can't stop killing people. So Sarah suggests that they go somewhere where they can be by themselves. So they plan to go to a place in the country off of some farm property. During a press conference, Mayor finds out that Mrs. Haskell was running a white slavery ring. <laughs> and then they decide that they're going to cover up Mrs. Ha- Mrs. Haskell's background to turn public opinion against the monster. Yeah. Uh, it was such a random reason why she was evil. Yeah. 
It almost feels like a note. Like they're yeah. like they shot like you know what like that whole scene in the laundromat love it but uh, sort of doesn't stick to his mo. <laughs> so we have to add in something here. I'm trying to figure out a, way, a reason why he would have killed her. And let's make it edgy and make it white slavery. Mm-hmm. Right. We all know how much of that goes around. Um, so the cops create a task force to kill the monster. Cops go searching for him and they find him and Sarah in a tent outside the city. So they go tell the mayor. The mayor calls the governor to get the National Guard to help. Governor sends the guard, but he says to capture him, don't kill him. And the mayor twirls his mustache and says, I'll see about that. <laughs> you, you know what was pretty funny about that scene when they the cops find him and uh, Sarah in the countryside? Sarah's wearing a bikini for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's not wearing it ever again. Nope. Like, oh, that's a strange thing to wear in the country. Yeah, right. <laughs> just it, it just a random time. It only serves so that they can have that scene where that would be the only reason the other cop would want to look through the binoculars. Oh, yeah. If there was yeah, a girl in a bikini. And she's in a bikini. Oh, let me see. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> you know, you, you could have just done that for no other reason. You don't even need a reason to do it. Just It just doesn't fit. <laughs> She didn't want to get naked, so that was the reason. Right, you, you never see her fully nude, right? Yeah, so mm-hmm. they were like... And oh, she's the best-looking one. Yeah. She's the best-looking one in the movie. <laughs> How are you going to do that to us, Trauma? Come yeah, on. I think, it's, I think it's like our only credit, too. I think a lot of people quit after this movie, and I don't blame <laughs> They just couldn't get work after this. Like, ooh. Or they just didn't this... want to get work. <laughs> this was the wrong <laughs> like, is this, is this what Hollywood, all Hollywood is like? Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna go back to working in my dad's hardware store. <laughs> I'm done with this. So National Guard rolls in with tanks. Uh, townspeople are very upset that they're gonna kill Melvin. The whole town shows up to the tent location. All very guns heavy pointed sleepers. at Bruce. Yeah, right. Right. They, All they guns somehow, pointed at the tent. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I was gonna say they somehow roll two tanks yeah. and a whole mob of people up to their front door without them realizing what the hell's going on. Remember, <laughs> they were just like just. Maybe it's just balls deep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I his his uh evil power, his evil sensing power is probably no good when he's balls deep. Right, right. it gets deactivated. <laughs> he can't have an erection and use the sense at the same time. <laughs> right, and it's it's definitely a double-edged sword. <laughs> uh, so all guns pointed at the tent. Uh, Melvin and Sarah get ordered out of the tent. Melvin's mom and a bunch of kids stand in the way of the firing squad, but Melvin then tells them to leave. Then the National Guard and the cops decide to stand down at the mayor's orders to shoot Melvin. So the mayor takes it upon himself. He tries to shoot Melvin a couple times to no effect, and then Melvin disembowels him in front of everybody. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think at this point anyone knows the mayor's evil, right? Yeah, no. I mean, so... they could say he, he wants to kill Melvin. That's as far as they know. Right. But it, there's a bunch of posters that say, you know, reelect mayor to keep the city healthy. So that, and it's never really said that, you know, oh, he's a crooked mayor. Right. So he he literally disembowels the mayor in front of the <laughs> town and yeah. the National Guard. Like, oh, my God, he's a monster. Kill him. Yeah. Everybody's horrified, but then they cheer after it. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Yay. <laughs> he must have been and... bad. He was a fat guy. <laughs> that's probably, yeah that's basically it right. um so then uh sarah for some reason can't find melvin in this crowd oh. and he eventually finds her and then the crowd cheers and that's the end of the movie uh 
Yeah, I, they, there's a uh, there's a voiceover like, oh, you know, if you're ever in trouble, the Toxic Avenger will be near. And for God's sake, I hope that's not true because I would rather have literally anyone else save me other than the Toxic Avenger. And, and there was a freeze frame ending. <laughs> there is yes. a freeze frame ending. That's right, Mark. It's not yes. a very good one okay. because it's no. a reused shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is, that- is it one of those things where you're in trouble and you're just like, oh God, I hope someone comes helps me, and then the to- Toxie shows up, and you're like. Oh, I hope someone comes and helps me. <laughs> I said, I hope somebody comes to help me. I'm right. I'm I was right really here. like looking forward to the A team or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll even I, take like Gem in the holograms at this oh. point. Just go away. I, I'd even settle for Hawkeye. <laughs> uh, if Jenny listened to this, you would get an earful, Mark. Make that joke for an audience that won't listen. <laughs> yep. Listen, man, you're you're gonna bring down all the the Renner fans on us and. That's a group of people we can't afford to piss off. Bring them yeah. on. <laughs> all the rough and rough and tumble folk. Yeah. Riding around. They got their all jeeps. their camping equipment from the renter <laughs> store before it cools down. Yeah. Riding around in their jeeps and their flannel. It's just, it's a it's a scary group. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, that's a shitty ending to a shitty movie. Yep. I mean, <laughs> it knows it's shitty. Uh, yeah. So I guess there's some credit to that, but you know that can only go so far. Uh, like, I wish I liked trauma movies more than I do. I really do. I try and like them. And this, I didn't hate it the second time I watched it today. But, yeah, it's just a lot of it's lost on me. I think I think Lloyd Kaufman's like that, too, for me. I, like, I saw yeah. him. Like, he shows up on an episode of Angry Video Game Nerd, and he's obnoxious throughout that whole thing. It's unwatchable. Yeah. Because he's just he's making dirty jokes, and they're not funny. Yeah. And it, like he he wears out his welcome in very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like I think he's doing he covered because he was playing the Toxic Crusaders game during that episode, and he's just like a like a cruise ship comedian basically. He's, he's got like these like that that would go on at like twelve thirty at night when everyone's all nice and liquored up. Now I don't know if he has extended family or like he's a grandfather. I wouldn't let my child anywhere near him, oh, even yeah. if he's family. I like no, we we don't talk to uh, we don't talk to Uncle Kaufman. We stay away from him without adult supervision. <laughs> well, you know, without him, we wouldn't have the Guardians of the Galaxy movies that we have. Oh, uh, what's his name was um, right? Gunn was James Gunn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was inspired by Kaufman. Uh he wrote a few trauma movies. Oh, did he? During the nineties, yeah, I think Tromeo and Juliet was one of his. Interesting. Um, yeah, so that he cut his teeth on there, and uh, Kaufman shows up at least in the first one as like a prisoner. Yeah, uh, I think he's one of the inmates. Yeah. That's right. I remember hearing that. Yeah, I mean, I don't care, and he he sucks. I'm sorry. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get that these movies kind of hold a special place in uh, like B level cinema history, and mm-hmm. he's one of those guys who who really kind of made it on his own. But uh, I mean. I can't sit here and pretend that, you know, I care. Yeah. I think I think his more most enduring thing is his idea that, you know, if you've got a movie that you want to do, go out and make it yourself. Don't, you know, don't wait for anybody else. Um, he's got his, like, whole, like, make your own goddamn movie, I think, book series and or, like, classes or whatever. So I, I appreciate his that kind of, like, um, rebel attitude, sort of. You know, just like, well... Get get friends together and make your own, make your movie yourself. Don't 
don't have don't wait around uh so i appreciate that um yeah it's like i just i like i said i, I wish i liked trauma movies more than i do i watched um class of Newcomb high not too long ago it's just just out of my peripherals of movies i like like i would i probably won't watch this again for another 15 years maybe if if that yeah um until they reboot it eventually yeah, and it is actually. They are set to re uh, reboot it. It is being directed by Macon Blair, um, who is direct director on "I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore." Was a um, Netflix film. He's also acted in Blue Ruin and Green Room. Oh, Green Room. Green Room. Good. Excellent movie. Yeah, yeah, I like that movie. So, is this going to be more of a a gritty reboot? I don't know. He was announced as the as the director, writing director, writer, director in March of 2019, so it's about as much information as I got. Oh, he actually commented on our on your Twitter post. Yes, that's yeah. right. I, I I remember seeing that now. That's interesting. Uh, man, I wish I could get excited for it. And you know, maybe mm-hmm. I'll watch the reboot. I I have no idea if it's on, on Netflix or Amazon Prime, just out of curiosity, but. Yeah, I mean, again, this movie—it's—it's it's not well acted, it's not well shot, and, and again, I know that's what it's going for. But if you're gonna sit down and review a movie, you gotta review it for what it is, and it's mm-hmm. just that's what it is, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just a little upset it wasn't as, um, you know, uh, closer to like a, a a more gritty horror than than I, I thought. But then again, I. I didn't look and see who it was because um, I try to uh, when I'm choosing these movies maybe go a little bit outside of a uh, comfort zone in the genre that I watch um, mm-hmm. just because we all have different you know uh, uh, preferences for genres and I think it wouldn't be fair if I just kept picking like oh I want to do dumb action movies or something like that um, mm-hmm. so trying to you know I thought this would be more horror so I was slightly wrong but um yeah it was just i probably won't watch it again i really didn't you know enjoy it through the first time here um but and then i also probably never touch anything with it again because that video game has not aged well um so yeah yeah this was uh probably the last time i'll ever think of this movie i'm glad i checked it off the list is you know not having that curiosity anytime i hear someone mention it um so good for that you know what would be pretty cool if they did a crossover between the Toxic Avenger and Ash from The Evil Dead. I bet you that's a comic book. I think that would make a pretty good comic book, at least. Because, they're I mean, they're both campy. And you've had Ash go up against zombie, the, the Marvel Universe zombies, uh, Freddy and Jason and all that. So I could definitely see Ash versus the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, trying to see if I could find anything. And, and Bruce Campbell would be, you know, he'd be fun enough to do it with, I'm sure. He, he wouldn't care. Yeah. But it, it's just, I don't think there's really a, a want for the Toxic Avenger. Oh. Well, they're making a reboot, so there's something there. I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. You guys, uh, you want to plug your shit? Sure. Uh, at Aquino 122 my personal Twitter. Come hang out. We'll have some laughs. We'll have some cries. Whatever. Uh, and then... Our real play D&D, Stranger Damies, is also on Twitter and Instagram, at Stranger Damies. So, yeah, I mean, we're over 700 followers now. We're we're gaining some traction. We're, we're getting some good followers and having some good interactions with people. I love the community. So, you know, thank you guys so much for 
you know, making us feel a part of it. It's just a lot of fun. So just keep it up. We're getting good reviews. And yeah, it's just it's a good time to be uh, a part of the Stranger Damies crew. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, podcast airs every Wednesday. Um, uh, iTunes, Google Play, you know, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find it there. Um, and make sure, as he said, Twitter feed at Stranger Damies. Um, just from my perspective, if you have any, you know, criticism, comments, anything on um, the game or, or want to point me in the direction of maybe um, a rule I got wrong or something, you know, I'm learning as I go along there. Um, so feel free to send it to that, that Twitter account um, so that we can uh, at least better the game for you guys out there. Um, and then we also have um, uh, the Game Vault podcast, um, which will have a new episode next Monday. We're recording it this weekend. Um, we'll Tom finally finished Final Fantasy VII Remake, so probably the last time we'll need to talk about that until the uh, spoiler cast. So um, for those of you that have been hating hearing all about all that, it should be over this week. Um, and then we'll probably uh, be back uh, streaming on a more regular schedule now that uh, Jenny and I uh, will both have, um, you know, computers that won't uh, set on fire if we try to stream with them. Uh, so uh, be looking out on that. Uh, check the Twitter feed. Um, we're going to uh, make Tom tweet out a schedule uh, once we get it settled and then try and keep up with that. So, And then if you want to follow me, um, my personal Twitter, it's at OffTheMarkTweet. But a lot of times I'm just responding to people and friends and making inside jokes and Philly-centric jokes. So um, if, if you're more following me for the podcast, it's probably better to go to those um, Twitter accounts. Okay. And... Uh... This is They Call Us a Movie. You can find us at theycalledusamovie.podbean.com. We're on all podcast streaming apps. Just look for They Call Us a Movie, and we should pop right up. On all uh, social media, we are available at The Main Damie, because themaindamie.com is the main website. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Main Damie. If you have any questions, comments, you want to suggest a movie to us, you could hit us up at themaindamie at gmail.com. And you could hit me up at Antelvec on Twitter if you want to. That's my personal. So if you want to hit me up there, you can. Um, we're also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. Find them at gbnation.com on all podcast streaming apps at Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, just look for Geek Vibes Nation. They'll pop up on any stream. Um, bunch of great shows besides us. Dan mentioned Tia's show. A whole bunch of other shows that I can't think of off the top of my head. But if you're into geek stuff, comics, comic book movies and anything else that's similar to that uh, you could probably find a show that you like um they're on all social media platforms just look for geek vibes nation or gb nation it'll it'll pop up um and that's gonna do it for us uh this has been the toxic avenger episode of they call this a movie directed by lloyd kaufman and michael hurst so for dan aquino and mark myers this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hurst to go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm.